0: Oh, man, I feel so much better now that we got that suicide talk out of the way, because it's been a subject that's kind of been bugging me ever since uh, the middle of last year. But also, as far as that suicide app, uh, it's kind of on hold right now, but I do have people that I can work with. People uh, I can work with, and um, so that's that's still coming, it's still on the way. But now we're going to move on to our fourth subject of the night, and this one is ex-cons. And with this one, what I really wanted to talk about was um, how these convicts, you know, they come back to the reservation, and some of them have changed. And those that have changed, they still can't kind of get the the rough end of life. And the ones that haven't changed, they get the perks. So it's kind of like uh, one of those crazy little situations that I think if we all kind of took time out to understand, we'd make life a little bit more better for these guys, because they're still human, you know, and um, I do have um, some friends that are ex-cons, and um, they they do have their, their jailhouse structure of how things are done, and the way things are done, and in, it's pretty much like, you know, the movie Blood In, Blood Out, you know, that's... It's something that, um, that would kind of, that one and American Me, I think those two films kind of like, just go a little bit more into how, you know, life is for convicts, uh, and I'm not saying this is an accurate accurate picture, but it is pretty much close to that, because American Me was based off of um, the dude, Ru- Rudolfo, oh man. I can't remember his name, but anyways, uh, that dude, for American Me, you know, is based off of his life, and um, his experience in the uh, um, in the system, and also with um, the way that movie Blood In, Blood Out was written, it was by the guy who, the person who wrote it, he actually did time, so all three characters of the brothers of Cruz, Miklo, and Paco, he was, he was all three of them, you know, and... It's just pretty interesting film and, you know, it's one we always quote more than American Me, but, um, <laughs> but, um, you know, for, for these ex-convicts, the reason why I wanted to talk about them was because they, they, the ones that have went through the maximum security, um, part of the prisons, those guys have been, obviously they've been, uh, institutionalized, but then here's the problem. They get released from prison and then they're told, all right, go out there and make a life for yourself. So when they come out here, like, let's say they, you know, obviously they're Navajo because that's what the subject matter is. is talking about Navajo ex-convicts. So they come back to the reservation. They, they're they a little bit more humbled. You know, they kind of want to treat everybody with respect because they learn, you know, how things were in that system, the you know, the prison system versus how the reservation system is. It's pretty much the same, but they're a little bit, think, you know, times have changed, obviously. And, um, and then they're told by their probation officer, go get a job. So they go over to, let's say, the gas station or a car wash, and they fill out job applications. Then the discouraging part is right there where it says, have you ever been in the, you know, have you ever been arrested? Do you, have you ever had a felony? Did you ever have a warrant? And right there, they're stuck with that integrity of I need to tell the truth because if I don't, you know, they'll find out anyways and I'll get fired. But then that's a double standard because if they write, yes, I've been in prison. Yes, I've, I've been convicted of a crime, whatever it is. They turn it in and then they get denied. Oh, sorry, we're not hiring at this time. Then the probation officer, because they've had their lives, you know, pretty easy at that point, I say, I think, you know, then they're telling, trying to tell the ex-convict, oh, you just need to try again, you know. That really gets discouraging, because for me as a veteran, coming back out here, it was pretty discouraging to find a job, and, and, it's, and it is really hard. And every time I look at those uh, job applications, that has that question. It's like, well, have you ever been in jail? Have you ever been uh, convicted of a crime? Have you ever, you know... Uh, all those stupid questions. And it says... Oh, this will not, you know, it, it will not determine your eligibility or anything. It's just we want to know. It's like bull crap, you know. They they want to know so they can shut you down and now imagine, you know, you you've went through the prison system. You come back and you're thinking, "Well, I need to make a life now. I am you know, I'm out of that system. Okay, let me try to get a job and So you're going through this whole hustle of trying to get yourself employed and it's just not working out because the tribe now looks at you like, oh, well, you're an ex-con, you're not good enough. And then KTNN turns you down for being a custodian. Oh, well, right here it says you went to prison. Sorry, we we can't hire you, you know. And it's like, well, burn down KTNN then. (laughs) You have every right. Um, Well, I don't know if you want to, if that's a right, but at the same time, it's just kind of like, ah, uh, KTNN just pisses me off, but, um, so that's where I kind of look at these ex-cons, and I'm like, what can, you know, what can we do, because these guys, eventually, they're gonna, uh, just like suicidal people, these ex-cons are gonna be like, I don't care about my life, I'm gonna hurt somebody, and I'm gonna go back into prison, because at least there, I know the system, I know that, you know, I know the way things work there, and my value is greater in there than it is out here. and that is like the the military same way you know these people that come back from deployments from killing people, seeing their you know partners explode I mean their their they um, their military friends you know getting blown up in explosive d- devices and all you know all that stuff. They're coming back. they you know the mentality has changed, obviously. So and a perfect example, <laughs> I hate to use this from a fictional movie, but uh, Rambo. You know one of the th- one of the things at the end of that first Rambo, the first Blood, the first one that came out, was that Colonel Troutman asked Rambo, you know, um, you know, to shut it off, and he's like, oh, he's te- he was telling Rambo nothing's every it's over. He told him, and then Rambo says nothing is over. And then he starts kind of explaining what happened and why he's been drifting this whole time. It's because all his his friends are killed and everything. And one of the things Rambo says is, um, back in back there, he was talking about the military. He like, back over there, I was in charge of million dollar equipment. Then he says, here, I can't even hold a job at, at you know at a fucking car wash. He's like, and he throws that, you know, I was like a rifle or something. So that it causes a lot of. Um, it does cause a lot of frustration. So suicidal and ex-convicts um, and um, people that don't know how to have a romantic relationship. I don't know, it's it's crazy. They're all pretty much in the same realm. And that's where what um, we're trying to do over here, um, and this is where I really need, uh, or this is where I was asking for Navajo Pedro's help, is that you know, starting that car club, starting the Cryptoid Paranormal, just trying to do anything we can during the pandemic to um, keep these people interested and kind of let them know, yeah, you may not probably get a job working for the federal government ever again, but, you know, there are other options. And just like what Navajo Pedro says, you know, things will get better, you know, you just got to hang in there. And, yeah, it's really tough, it's really hard, especially when you don't have – a support group and and what one thing i really took away from what navajo pedro was saying about these podcasts is it's therapeutic it really helps them you know that's why i'm like you know dude we got to do you know we got to do these podcasts we got to get them out because uh i want to hurry up and finish season one so that way for season two i'll be a lot more we'll have a, a better time frame of how we're going to do these things and but anyways so, it's frustrating being an ex-con, is my point. And, you know, with these ex-con convicts, I'm talking about maximum security dudes, they, they know that they need to be, they treat, treat people nice, you know. They're more humbled, in a way. But once life and their own people, like on the reservation, it, you know, rubs it back in their face. Oh, well, you're an ex-con, I, you know, we can't hire you. That is so demeaning, man. It it really diminishes your self-worth and you know, I don't know of any I don't know too many ex-convicts that might have committed suicide, but I'm pretty sure there there's a number for that. There's a category for that. And um when that happens, I think um for the most part, we we just kind of need to really really kind of take time out to talk to these guys a little bit more, you know, sometimes give them benefit of the doubt. But the ones that are kind of, um, I really don't know too much about, or like the minimum security prison, uh, the ones that are just going in, they do their time and they know they're getting out, you know, regardless, they stole a car, shot somebody that didn't die or something, but for whatever reason, if they got, you know, let's say a five-year sentence, but they know they're going to get out anyways, you know, like pedophiles, <laughs> for some reason these pedophiles have only been getting about a year maybe six months like all the kids they molested and they get back out and they they know they're going to do it again so it's like why are these pedophiles getting released but yet the um the guy who's dealing drugs to make the money to give to his woman and his kids to feed you know that is not taken into consideration when they go to court. They're like, oh no, you were dealing illegal drugs, so we're giving you eleven years. We're giving you twenty two years for smuggling and all this stuff, you know. It, it it's our judicial system is really screwed screwed up. So but the one thing I will say about this before I hand it over to Navajo Pedro is that we we both have a friend and I wish I could have gotten this guy on the podcast because he loves to talk too. So the one thing he told me was I wish there was a way that we could make uh, the Navajo Nation have, um, have a card that, um, that we could show. Like if we're out in, let's say Gallup, let's use Gallup as an example. It's off the reservation, it's in a big city. And you have your, you have your little card here, your judicial card, where it would, you would pull it out if a cop pulled you over or questioned you. And you would hold that card that says, you know, something like uh, Navajo Nation official whatever badge that says, you know, I cannot answer any questions for perjury under the law or whatever the hell. You know, Um, you may look up my file number or something and, you know, I, I will not answer any questions until my lawyer is present or my tribal lawyer is present. I was like, wow, man, that, that's that's cool, you know. But even then, that takes a lot of effort, man. And to find lawyers that are willing to stand up for people that get themselves in trouble, I mean, there's what, 300,000 Navajos that, you know, how many lawyers can, can you hire for that, you know, to represent these guys? So um, those are just kind of like some of the... Um, the ideas thrown in there with these, um, ex-cons. Now, I, I know there are some bad ones. Yes, there are, you know, not everybody's perfect, but if we just kind of give some of these guys the benefit of the doubt, we work with them. You know, uh, you know, I know there's some convicts that are amazing, uh, mechanics. Some of them, they really know their, how to push their drugs very well. They could, you know, find a way to make, turn that skill into something that we could really use out of here because I, you know, I don't have all this knowledge, but, you know, I'm pretty sure there's an ex-con out there that knows how to do, you know, nonprofits and all this stuff. So it, it gets really interesting, man. I, I wish we could spend all night talking about this subject also, but um, I really hope that we get some more input on this because... You know, if, if you're an ex-con and you're listening to this, man, you know, I, I really hope that um, things do work out for you. And um, just know that, you know, we are aware that, you know, there, there's that struggle that you're going through. But just like a suicidal person, man, just, just hang in there. You know, things, if things are not getting better, then that's where you need to step up. And you really need to look at yourself and evaluate how you can get yourself out of there. One perfect thing that I'm taking away from all this is that Navo Pedro says the podcast is very therapeutic for him, so that that could be one thing, you know. We could have a ex con podcast from Clagato or something, you know. So but anyways, um I'll go ahead and cut it off right there and uh, I'll pass the mic over to him. Sir, it's all yours. Now I'm a branded
1: man out in the cold. Yeah, you know, um, convicts, you know, um, I've known a lot, you know what I mean, um, I've hung around a lot, and I met a lot of cool ones, you know, and, um, brothers, you know, of mine, and, um, I almost ended up a convict myself, you know, what I, mean? I was facing four years, but luckily I went to rehab, and I got the opportunity to change, you know, um, get a new outlook on life, you know what I mean, and it wasn't that bad, you know, what I mean, I was already prepped for it, in a way, you know, by going to boarding school, and that's basically how it was, so, um, you know, just being responsible, doing chores, um, and then, um, just working, and then coming back, and going to AA meetings, and even chapel, you know, I mean? just like dorm, basically, and it's just crazy to see that a lot of people, um, couldn't handle it, and a lot of them were, um, convicts, you know what I mean, then you know, it's just, being, it's just pretty crazy, you know, I mean, rooming with, um, some of these people, you know, these convicts, these people, because, um, you know, some, some are, you know, some act hard, some, you know, they have that, that first, that first thing, you know, that first, um, puff up thing, you know, that testing or whatever, but, you know, it's just, it's just their mentality, you know, I mean, it's just, um, they try to get a feel of who you are, you know, and... You know, that's just something you gotta know is who you really are, you know what I mean? Like where you stand, you know what I mean, where you fight and if you have to or not, you know, and and yeah, um, that's mentality and that they have and it's not like um all bad, you know, what I mean like 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 um like what Mateo was saying, you know, like about how um these guys come out and they know more about respect and basically that's how How things get along in there, you know, I mean, to go along, get along is through that, you know, it's by respecting um, one another and just, you know, and getting along. Because if you don't, you know, it's just everything's to be chaos, you know, and there's rules and just that certain respect, space, and all that, you know, and, you know, prison mentality, you know, it's about that and it's also about invading space. And like I said, I was facing uh, four years, you know, and, Basically, I still, I do have a, um, I played a uh, no contest, and basically I am a felon in the state of New Mexico because, uh, pleading to that, but that's just part of my, you know, and that's just what I did, you know, and, um, and the only reason why I got that, you know, I mean, is because, um, I, I don't remember it, but I guess, um, I was, you know, I was raised held in downtown Gallup, and the cops, you know, I mean, they, they got they got a call that I was banging on some window, yelling at employees. I don't know for what reason. <laughs> but I don't know. like all I remember was just drinking in front of Walmart with my cousin and and um then just waking up in a jail cell just banging on the door and then I got more pissed that I was I was there and I started kicking it and I don't know, but it wasn't slowly I learned why I was there, but I guess um I guess they they approached me and I resisted, and they called for backup, and I got basically surrounded, and uh, they said I got tased, um, you know, I mean, um, they tried to take me down, but eventually they said they finally got me down, and when I did, I started laying on my hands so they couldn't um, arrest me, and they said after a while, we finally got his hands behind him, and, you know, um, put handcuffs on him, and they lift me up, and here I guess they started spitting at him, you know, like a camel, llama or something, you know, and my next self-defense, you know, but, um, I guess that that resulted in them putting a spitting mask on me, and I don't remember that, too, you know, I, mean? I don't remember how it looks, but, you know, but basically, after that, they they got me in the cop car, and when, when they did that, you know, I automatically just laid sideways and started trying to kick out the window, and I almost succeeded, you know what I mean, like, probably one more good kick, it would have popped the whole window out, because the whole thing was. The whole rubber, everything was pushed out, and one more good kick. I was Proud of, but he told me to calm down. Like, hey, if you calm down, I forgot what they said, or I don't know, it's like some kind of false promise. Like, yeah, well, we might let you go, or some, or some shit like that. And I don't know, I forgot, but, but I remember calming down for a bit or something like that. But that's what I mean. Like, I I, I just remember certain like um events of this, and then but mainly I do remember just. Drinking like a fish right there, like a whole vodka fifth, and my cousin just feeling good, and we're supposed to go to a rock show, um, a res rock bands and all that, and you know go to that show, then go to the arts crawl, you know what I mean? And that's where all that happened was at the arts crawl, you know what I mean? And for <laughs> for like two or three years straight, I kept trying to go, and it always turned out bad, you know, and I was drinking. But I finally um ended up going when I was sober, or um um with Mateo, you know, we went to Resonate Life or was it that um uh. Aunt- Aunt- yeah. Red City
0: Improv.
1: Red City Improv, you know, and with um Ernest Sose, third and uh, Elijah, Yazi. Isaiah. Isaiah, Yossi, yeah. And it's just all improv and that was pretty cool, you know I mean? And that was my first time going there silver, it was just cool, just watching everything happen, all the dances. That's something I can relate to too, you know, and you know, um a lot of these um convicts, you know what I mean, like we're talking about like how um dirty, um, being judged and labelled. But, um, it's good to see, like, some, you know I mean, that do come out, that do, um, change their ways, you know what I mean, that, um, do end up having, like, just family and settling down, you know. That's <laughs> pretty cool to see that, and, but then, like, what, uh, Mateo was saying, too, is that there's some that come back, like, broken, they don't know what to do, they don't know how to fit in, they don't know how to be, um, they don't know how to go to the flow, the new flow, basically, you know what I mean, like, um, like in, let's see, what was that, uh. Uh, remember with the Tim Robbins Shawshank Redemption. Uh, Shawshank Redemption yeah like good example of that is like that old guy that got out and you know he didn't know how to, he didn't know how to deal with life you know what I mean he couldn't handle life how yeah the old guy Brooks and when he went in everything's all old time and everything we came out everything's all fast cars and this and that you know, when he was writing those guys like the world doesn't got itself in a hurry you know what I mean and um it's just, it just true, though. was just crazy seeing that. He just couldn't deal with it. He just like, if anything, he's, he who would rather just been happier in prison, you know. What I mean? But they let him out and he couldn't deal with society. And, you know, it's what um, a lot of people, you know, rather than hang themselves, you know, they just end up doing crimes or whatever to get back in, you know what I mean? And um, that's where they feel more useful and more comfortable, you know what I mean? And they know how things for certain they're, you know, they're on, like, um,. <clears throat> they have, like, uh, routines, basically, you know what I mean, and all that, all their homies aren't there, and ones that, um, that, uh, you know, that don't see any hope or anything like that, especially in our res and everything, you know, and just, like I say, just give it time, you know what I mean, Rome wasn't built in the day, but shit, why not plan for it now, you know what I mean, so that way we won't be on our asses when things actually get back moving in rotation. Because right now, everything's at a standstill, and everyone's in their own kind of solitary confinement, you know what I mean? I know I am, you know, sometimes. But, you know, if I was in prison, if I did go to prison, I don't think I wouldn't have really mind, because I would probably just be drawing or something, you know, I mean? by my time. But you never know, you know what I mean, just, uh, You never know what these um, ex-cons went through or what they had to do, you know what I mean? So that's why you got to be careful and not be too harsh and judgmental, you know what I mean? And most of all, be careful, too, you know what I mean? Because, you know what I mean? Like, if you just, like, approach them wrong, basically, and, and everything's in there, like, you see simple eye contact or whatever, you know what I mean? Just little things can be triggers and take people off, you know what I mean? And when you add um drugs and alcohol to that mix, it just, just amplifies everything, you know what I mean? And people get crazy quick and, through assumptions, through speculation, you know, and just basically your own manner, you know. If you brought up with manners and show respect, they'll know, you know, I mean? automatically. If you say, hey, what's up, man, like out there, or whatever, you know what I mean, they know that. But if you just dog them out and look at each other like that, you know, you're just basically asking for it, you know what I mean? And, you know, it's just something that we don't have to hold on to because it's not really us. It's not part of us, really. I mean, never was. It's just something that we just got lost in by too much TV, basically, and that's true for that, you know. If the truth, if we knew a truth about ourselves, you know, I mean, we, would, uh, we wouldn't we would let this pandemic stop us right now, you know, we'd be united, we'd be getting together and have, still have stuff going, you know, rather than being in confinement and fearing it, and we would have been already ready for it, you know. But... We're so distant and non-communicative that we care in um, plan. You know, what I mean, how to keep 300 million from going back? How how to avoid this whole pandemic happening in the first place? You know, I mean, by securing the borders early. You know, or something. You know, there's. I don't know. You know, it's just. But it's just the way things are going. You know what I mean? And you know, I know how how hard it is, because when applications, you know I mean, I have to put, like, that, yeah, I'm, uh, basically I'm a felon, and, you know what I mean, but, but basically it's like, if you, um, stay out of trouble for six years, I can get my rights back, you know what I mean, and, you know, that's why I just stay home, it's that simple for me, I just stay home, do my thing, do my art, listen to music, and, you know, that's just how I'm staying out of trouble, you know what I mean, rather than going out there and just, getting butthurt about all these rumors that are going on about you or your family. or It just sucks to see, let, to let people, you know, get labeled like that and get put down automatically shut out like that, you know. And a lot of the best people I've known in my life, like I said, when I was in rehab were a lot of those um, ex-cons, you know. And, yeah, it's all about respect and all that, but it's just, it goes, I don't know, the bond is pretty cool because... You know, um when I was in jail in uh, Alamosa, Colorado, you know what I mean, and uh for some drunken other thing, you know, or whatever, just time but um I ended up in jail, you know what I mean, and there, you know, I met like I was they put me into, basically into felony pods, you know what I mean, and um that's where I ended up that's where I ended up meeting like a bunch of the head honchos, you know what I mean, the um you know, certain gangs and Mexican gangs and you know what I mean, and um, I was just doing my thing, just by just doing my time, reading books, and just chilling, basically. And you know, it's just something they got. You know what I mean? They got it already. And you know, that's that's something that to the point where I got just cool with them. You know, and they talked to me, and they always call me a uh, Indio. I guess that's what Indian is out there. Indio, yeah. My brother, same way too. That re- same respect for him because my brother used to work out and all that with them, but. I was more lazy, you know, I just read books and just chill, whatever, but yeah, and, you know, when they have drama or whatever, you know, when they're, you know, like, and they start taxing people, you know what I mean, in the pods, you know what I mean, like, oh, you guys forgot who cell this is, you know what I mean, and when you start taxing everyone every night, like, you gotta give us one item off your tray, you know what I mean, everyone, you know, and they, they're all, we going to tell everyone that tonight, you know what I mean, and, and then, uh, um, I was in the pod when I heard that, because they're telling my celly that, and. I was like, what the hell, I was like, I was like, hey, he's like, yeah, I was like, I was like, what about me, he's like, oh, Indio, he's like, nah, not you, bro, he's like, we always forget you're here sometimes, you're just doing your time, nah, you're cool, bro, nah, man, not you, man, so yeah, you know what I mean, like, just, just how laid back and chill I was, you know what I mean, the, and then the celly that I was with was supposed to be a crazy ass dude that liked to fight everyone, and with me, I was just chill with him, I just talked to him, you know what I mean, and, A lot of these crazy felons, you know what I mean? I was there with all day and everything. I already know, like, in prison, how it would have be going to, you know what I mean? Either way, so. But, um. You know, but it's just something that you never really know, or. It's not something that they'll always talk to you about openly or real quickly, you know what I mean? Especially, you know, it's just a guard that, that they have up that, you know, it just comes naturally to them, and. Like I said, they can be for good or bad, you know what I mean? They can make the best of it, or they can easily use their knowledge from prison for bad, you know what I mean? How to use and man- manipulate people out here, you know I mean? Especially younger people and how to get them hooked to drugs and alcohol and whatever, you know. Because I remember being that young and really feeling the intensity of the drinks and really enjoying the high, you know, and now it's just like, I'm just so used to it, it's just like, yeah. But, I just wanted to let you guys know that, you know, about, you know, ex-cons, you know, and, and, you know, it's just how it goes, you know, and just, it's up to them and what they make of their time there, and if they want to go crazy on the world for what they went through, or the of point, or whatever, you know, status, you know, it's just, I don't know, In my view is just a waste of time, we could be using all that, all that, you know what I mean, all that aggression, all that motivation, that mentality to something more positive to uplift your people rather than, you know what I mean, spread terror and fear and all that, you know, because I mean? it's one thing to be feared, but it's another thing to be respected, you know, and respect is something you can't buy, you know, everyone knows this and even in prison, you know what I mean, and it's a tale as old as time, you know, and it's just you show another person respect, they'll show you respect, you know what I mean? And from there, you know what I mean? That's how relationships relationship starts. That's how um, manipulation or tra- or betrayal can start. You know, it's got to be careful. And it just sucks that a lot of us are just easily targeted and put in prison. And just it sucks that a lot of it's, you know, colored people are in there, you know? And it's just something that we can easily change and, put them out of business too if we wanted but yeah it's a thriving business prison you know so it's just part of the system you know and if you're ex-con doing your thing don't feel bad you don't have to see that the whole world's against you you know i mean because shit i'm here man like you know i'll listen to man like it doesn't matter you know i mean because i like to help out either way because i know a lot of people need to be listened to and you know, a lot of people automatically wouldn't listen to you or look at you or anything, you know, I mean, give you time of day, you know, but, you know, you could change that, you know, start your own, your own gang's podcast, and if you're an ex-con doing good with your time out and taking advantage of whatever comes your way, if it doesn't work out, then I applaud you, and thank you for listening my take on... Um prison was this the Excons. Excans, yeah. So Yep. Take it easy on your ex convicts and your may you ex convicts take it easy on we people. You know what I mean? We're all human. We're all part of the human race and shout out to um Acon too to come into the Res and also for this last part. Convict music. All right.